0: sound prints audio magazine a production of the kentucky council of the blind sound prints is underwritten by the american printing house for the blind and the louisville downtown lions club i'm carla Rushville. i'm your host for this week's magazine this is sound prints for the week of may 14 2017 the first sound prints aired on clear channel owned wkjk radio 1080 a.m here in louisville on May 13, 2002. This week we are celebrating the 15th anniversary of the show. On page two you'll hear a few excerpts from that first show where Jim Shaw and I were co-hosts and Chris Gray, president of ACB at that time, was a guest. You'll hear one of the original ads about a Lions all-star basketball game from the Louisville Downtown Lions Club one of our biggest supporters of prints over the years. In Chris's comments, you'll hear about a press release issued just the week before the show's beginning about ACB's filing of the court case against the U.S. Department of the Treasury. The subject? Accessible paper currency. We've heard much about that over the past 15 years, and despite the fact that ACB won that case 10 years ago, we are still awaiting our first tactile bill. Talk about government foot dragging. Then we jump ahead to two thousand thirteen, where on the Soundprint's anniversary that year, we announced a major change in the show. Soundprints would no longer be a radio program, produced and aired live at the now iHeart Radio owned WKJK studios in Louisville. Instead. Soundprints became an audio magazine. The new format was explained, where you could listen was explained, and Michael McCarty, who had been the show co-host with me for many years, announced that he was leaving the show. Don't miss any of the Soundprints history on page two. You've heard much about the celebration of the 175th anniversary of the Kentucky School for the Blind throughout this past year. On Tuesday, May 9, KSB turned 175. It opened its doors on May 9, 1842. Over 200 people gathered at the school this past Tuesday for a wonderful dinner and celebration, and we bring you part of the program on pages 3 and 4. Michael Hudson, director of the museum at the American Printing House for the Blind, was MC for the evening. Page 3 begins with his intro to the program. Then there's the playing of my old Kentucky home by Dave Trevino on trumpet and KSB alumnus B.T. Kimbrough on keyboard. Comments by Dr. Stephen L. Pruitt, Kentucky Commissioner of Education. And an overview of KSB history by Michael Hudson. Page 3 concludes with a wonderful toast offered by B.T. Kimbrough. Note, the toast may be a bit difficult to hear because B.T. was not on mic at the time. In February and March, we invited everyone to submit essays about KSB for the Countdown to 175 Essay Contest. Forty-five essays were received from elementary students, middle and high school students, and adults. I was privileged to participate on the committee that judged the essays, and the competition was tough. At the Founders Day celebration, Paula Penrod read the top three essays in each category, and prizes were presented. Find out who the winners were, and hear Paula's reading of the top essay in each category on page 4. And on page five is the Sound Prints calendar. Page two.
1: If you are visually impaired or know someone who is, there's a show that you need to hear. Listen to Sound Prints every Monday night from 8 to 9 on KJ 1080. This is your opportunity to discuss and learn about the issues that affect the blind community, to find out what's happening and what concerns you. All topics will be covered. Make it a point every week to listen to sound prints every Monday night, 8 o'clock. Sponsored by the
2: Kentucky Council of the Blind, right here on KJ 1080. Talk Radio 1080, WKJK.
0: radio program for the blind and visually impaired sponsored by the Kentucky Council of the Blind. I'm Carla Rushavel and I'm your host for tonight's show. On Soundprints you'll have an opportunity to meet people from throughout Kentucky and across the nation who are active and work for the blind, who have interesting jobs and careers, and who are developing new products of interest to the blind. This program will include a calendar of upcoming events and a lot of useful information. But the most important part of Sound is you, the listener. This is a call-in show, and we invite you to call and ask questions or make comments. Our telephone number is 571-1080. 571-1080. And the lines are open, and you're welcome to call anytime. We have a guest this evening. Our first guest is Jim Shaw, President of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, and um, we wanted to invite Jim to come and tell us about the council and introduce it to you since this is a new program. Jim is totally blind. He is from Louisville and attended the Kentucky School for the Blind, graduating from Pleasure Ridge Park High School and from Bellarmine. In his other life, he is uh, a claims representative with the Social Security Administration. Welcome, Jim.
3: Thank you, Carla. It's a pleasure being here and um, I'm really anxious to be a part of this um, Sound uh program and uh, I'm anxious to uh, I'm be participating in it, in it this evening.
0: Isn't it kind of neat to have a program that's just about issues and, and uh, technology and information related to blindness and visual impairment?
3: It certainly is.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the council, how it began, uh, what the purpose is? Uh, just, just give us an overview. The
3: uh, Kentucky Council of the Blind began, uh, actually it was was reformed, reformed back in 1974. It initially
2: started, I think, in the mid to late 60s, a little before I was active. I was a teenager then. <laughs> Never ends in Kentucky and Indiana is basketball season. The Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation presents the oldest continuing high school basketball game in the nation. The 61st annual Kentucky, Indiana High School Basketball All-Star Game is coming to Owensboro June 15th. It all happens at the Owensboro Sports Center with the girls' game at 505, followed by the boys at 805. Tickets are just 1650 and 1250 and available through Ticketmaster. Call 583-0564. That's 583-0564 for more information. Can't get enough hoops? There's more to come. The 61st Annual Kentucky-Indiana High School Basketball All-Star Game, June 15th at the Owensboro Sports Center. The best from the bluegrass. Take on the best from the Hoosier State in the men's and women's action. The number again, 583-0564. Proceeds benefit the Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation.
0: All right, we're back, and with us we have, by telephone, live from San Francisco, Chris Gray, the President of the American Council of the Blind. Hi, Chris.
3: Hi, how are you today? Good evening, Chris.
0: Jim Shaw is here too, Chris. Very good. Chris, um, tell us what you do with the uh, day part of your, the the other part of your life that you're not being president of ACB. Uh,
3: the, the paid part of my life.
0: Right. Well, maybe I, the six hours that are left over after the uh, ACB part each day. <laughs>
3: uh, well, I work as a senior technical writer uh, right now at a company called Brightmail Incorporated. I've been there since uh, November of 1999. We specialize in email filtering programs such as uh, anti-spam, antivirus, content filtering, things like that. And uh, many service providers, internet service providers around the country, use our product to help their customers be free of spam and virus.
0: Chris, I need you to filter my email.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now, maybe I should tell you also about the the biggest new hot item coming out of uh, Melanie Brunson's office, who's our director of advocacy, and that has to do with the money supply. Maybe uh, you've seen the the press release stating that ACB is uh, suing the Department of the Treasury In order to try and obtain a more accessible money supply for blind people. It turns out the National Academy of Science did a study for the Treasury, not for us, mind you, but for the Treasury in 1995 identified many ways that the money supply can be made more accessible.
0: And we hope that you'll be with us next Monday evening. Thanks for listening to the first edition of Sound prints and we'll see you again here at 8 o'clock next Monday on WKJK 1080
4: AM.
2: Channel's Talk Radio 1080 is WKJK Louisville.
5: Welcome to Sound Prince, a weekly program sponsored by the Kentucky Council of the Blind. How is everybody? Hope your night is going well. My name is Michael McCartney. With me is Carla Rushville. Carla, how are you?
0: Doing just fine, Michael. Well,
5: good. Well, we're here for another night. It is one of the warmest days in Louisville at the time we're recording this program for you, so it is uh,
4: like 87 degrees outside today. APH offers the new completely redesigned Braille Plus 18 Notetaker with refreshable Braille display. Use the handheld Braille Plus 18 to read books, scan documents, search the web, track appointments, find directions using GPS, record lectures, listen to podcasts, run Android apps, and much more. Call the American Printing House for the Blind toll-free 800-223-1839. Or visit HTTP colon slash slash shop dot APH dot org.
5: Welcome back to SoundPrints. Well, this is time for whenever we do our calendar normally. But we do want to let you know of, a, of an event coming up here pretty quick, actually. Next week, before we get to any of the rest of our calendar, next week will be the last week for Sound SoundPrints on Talk Radio 1080 WKJK. And uh, we're going to be changing our format. Right. Going over to an, uh, an Internet-only based format now a lot of you are going to say now wait a minute now <laughs> i don't have access to the internet what am i going to do lose sound prints and the answer to that is no we have a little a little uh, project we do that's going to make sure that you don't lose sound prints
0: that's right first of all if you're listening on central kentucky radio i and you are listening through a receiver you don't have to have a computer list to listen to sound prints now you are listening through your radio and that will continue on central kentucky radio i Um, if you do not listen through ckre's radio and you can't listen through the computer you you don't pick up ACB radio mainstream or go to the KCB website um, you still will be able to receive sound prints because you will want to contact us and get on our mailing list and each week we will be sending out our news sound prints audio magazine and it will be coming to you on an audio CD now we're producing it on an audio CD because uh, if we used an MP3, obviously that would have to also be played on a computer. And we want our uh, magazine to be playable on you know, for virtually anyone who has a standard CD player. And uh, that's a lot more people than people who have computers, especially in the blind and visually impaired community and uh, so if you would like to be placed on our mailing list to receive the audio cd version of Soundprints each week the audio magazine then please give us a phone call at 502-895-4598 and we'll take your name and your address And we'll probably also ask for a phone number so that we can contact you and kind of follow up and make sure you're receiving the discs that you should be receiving. And uh, uh, we will be happy to uh, make sure that you continue to receive sound prints. What is going to be disappearing is the Wednesday night broadcast on talkradio1080.com and also uh, the live broadcast here in louisville but that just can't be helped at this point in time and so we feel that this will be a good very good alternative and i will tell you uh, next week is going to be a very difficult show because we've been here at sound here at kj for where this is actually the first week of our 12th year of doing this show and it's been a, a great 12 years here at clear channel and I'm I'm gonna miss coming in and having uh, Jordan, our producer, playing. What's going on when we get to the calendar? <laughs>
5: that's right. It's also gonna be a difficult week because I will also be leaving Soundprints after next week's program. So next week will be the last show for me uh, as co-host of Soundprints. So. Yeah,
0: and that's gonna be really tough too because you've been a terrific co-host. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't like bringing shows in and taking shows out, and so. Hopefully, we will be able to, you know, check maybe have, you know, some some people kind of move in and out, try out, see how things go, and maybe we'll settle into another co-host. But boy, I'm telling you, Michael, you are going to be hard to replace.
5: Well, I appreciate you saying so. But-
0: very difficult, very very difficult, and I and I'm going to give you an example of why. Last week, when I was late getting here, didn't get here till the second part the second segment and the transportation was such a mess i I don't know uh too many people that could have just carried that off you know that wasn't planned what you did wasn't planned and you you were just like it was planned right off the bat it was you know that's a talent and that's a talent that's hard to replace been
5: a long been a long run and and we appreciate all those of you that have listened to us on wkjk and you got one more week Yep. And uh, yep. then we'll switch our formats. And the new format will give us some opportunities to do some things that we haven't been able to do right. here on the live show. So right. it's, it's going to be an exciting change.
0: Right. And and we have succeeded in talking up all our time. Yes, Jordan's about ready to take us off the air. <laughs> you got me thinking too much about losing a co-host here.
5: <laughs> well, I just, certainly did not mean to throw you off right here at the end of the show. You did it. <laughs> I'll take the blame for it. Oh. Sure, after 12 years, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> This is Sound Prints, everybody. A weekly program sponsored by the Kentucky Council of the Blind. We'll be back next week for the final show. Hope that you'll be with us and have a great week, everybody.
0: Page three.
1: where I put my hand up, and you all put your hand up, and everybody's quiet, right? There we go. My name is Mike Cutson. I am the museum director at the Museum of the American Printing House for the Blind right next door, and I want to welcome everybody to the Kentucky School for the Blind 175th Celebration Dinner and Founders Day program here Tuesday, May 9th. 2017. Next we're going to have My Old Kentucky Home, played by former KSB student BT Kimbrough on keyboard, and Dave Trevino, who made the wise choice of marrying a former KSB student, Debbie Trevino. Fellas. We're going to have some special remarks, and we're going to start out with Dr. Stephen Pruitt. Thank you. Good
6: evening. evening. It is an incredible honor to be here tonight. The um, 175 years is a long, dang time. I mean, when you think about 175 years, uh, it's, it's... a real testament to, I believe, what we have offered the students of Kentucky. Um, things don't stay around 175 years unless they are important, relevant, and providing a unique service that has that is not offered anywhere else. I have to tell you, um, you know, and, and those of you who have heard me speak before, I'll, I'll sort of apologize for what I'm about to say because you've heard it every time you've heard me speak, but it's because I mean it. So I'm commissioner of education, and you know, and that's what it is. the 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 more important part for me, the part that that is uh, my favorite part of the job, is I am superintendent of this school and the Kentucky School for the Blind. Adept. Adept, I'm sorry. It is my most favorite part. Um, when I was going through the interview process. Um, I think one of my first questions when, when the board got through asking me the you know, thousands of questions that they had, it was, do I get to work with the school for the deaf and the school for the blind? For me, that was a big deal. I had the opportunity to do that when I was in Georgia. I got an, an opportunity to see a part of education that, that for me, being a science teacher in uh, the more traditional school, I didn't get a chance to see that. But I saw the incredible impact that we were able to make, simply because there were so many dedicated people at the schools, and because you simply, do like you have to do with any child, be able to care. So this is my favorite part. Um, we have incredible people here, our faculty here is fantastic. Our kids are great, our, our, it's just one of those things that, that every day when I wake up, I'm proud to be superintendent of the Kentucky School for the Blind. Now, I want to share, thank you. <laughs> I'd like to just share a little bit with you. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of you probably know this, but as we were getting prepared for tonight, um, there were just some kind of interesting things that we discovered, um, or that maybe I discovered as a new Kentuckian. First of all, KSB formally opened its doors to five students on May 9th of 1842. Um, It's had an incredibly rich history, as we've already talked about. But, you know, the thing that's impressive about KSB is it's not just a school. It's a community. The fact that we have people here from every decade since 1950 says that this is not just a place that you went. It was a place you lived. It was a place that was in your heart and a place that continues to be there. The school's founder and president of the Louisville Collegiate Institute, Bryce McClellan Patton, along with his brother Otis, began teaching class of Student for the Blind back in the summer of 1839. In early 1841, in an effort to attain funding for the School for the Blind, Otis presented an exhibition of his blind student skills before the Kentucky General Assembly. The brother's request for funding proved unsuccessful that session. Some things,
2: <laughs>
6: I won't finish that.
2: <laughs>
6: a year later, they invited Dr. Samuel Gritty, Gridley Howe, was the founder and director of uh, the Perkins School for the Blind in Massachusetts, and they did a presentation and were able to get a whopping $10,000 to support the school. So it officially opened on May 9th. Um, Over time, of course, we've seen buildings grow. We've seen some buildings come and go. Um, And it has continually stayed a a focal point, I think, of this community. But there's some pretty interesting things here. Um, Think about the date. 175 years ago, there was a little conflict going on. Back then, um, and we actually are standing on a, on a historic site for many reasons. In fact, after the Battle of Perryville, the federal army medical doctor director uh, ordered the school to va- to vacate, and the building was used as a hospital during the Civil War. Under the pressure by the school trustees, the War Department forced hospital personnel out, and students returned on May the, of, of March 17th of 1863. So even the military could not keep our kids from learning. We, we'd say, get the heck out of here. We need, we've, got, we've got some teaching to do. The American Printing House for the Blind was chartered in 1858 and began operation in the basement of the school. And the uh, first book was printed in 1869. In 1910, the Kentucky Institution for the Blind formed the Boy Scout Troop 10, which is still active today. In the 1990s, fast-forwarding a little bit, The Kentucky uh, General Assembly identified the Kentucky School for the Blind as a statewide resource to support visually impaired students across the state. In fact, it's something we have to remind our legislators on quite a bit. Right now we have 63 students that are currently enrolled here, and there are those who would like to take it and simply divide by a number and say, well, this is what you're spending. Well, no, actually we're not. We're impacting students across this great commonwealth. And we're doing something that, we, that, that can't be done in a lot of our schools, and offering a level of expertise that is just really simply amazing and changes the lives of our kids. So in closing, I'd just like to say this. Um, to the community at large, to students that we have here tonight, you know, I've long believed that a person makes a choice about how big to make their world. They have a choice of whether they want to stay in a corner or they uh, choose to not have an impact on the people around them. What's safe to say is the Kentucky School for the Blind has chosen to make their world very, very large. And not because they wanted notoriety, not because there was a goal 175 years ago that we would stand here today. But they had the simple goal to say children deserve the best education possible. You know, I'm not a Kentuckian by birth, I'm Kentuckian by choice. I'm superintendent of this school by choice and by pride. And I hope that as um, we celebrate here tonight, that we enjoy tonight, we enjoy what we stand for, but as a collective community, I hope that we will continue to advocate for these kids. I hope that we'll continue to educate every person, whether it be a policymaker or general public. Of the, the genuine care, the genuine service that we provide students here. I've long been a fan of, of making sure that each child gets what they deserve. I believe Kentucky School for the Blind does more than that. They, they give children an opportunity that society might have overlooked. They give our children an opportunity to excel, to reach above the skies. And to be that special spark and that special motivation to every other individual. By letting our light shine, we give other peoples the permission to do the same. So with all my heart, I, I wanna thank uh, the support that our Kentucky State Board of Education gives this school our new principal, Jackie, and the the way she's hit the ground running. But most of all, I want to thank our faculty and our students who continue to make this a special place to be each and every day. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I won't be here at the next 175 years, I don't think, but I do know this. The things that we continue to do today, even though sometimes they may be hard, will ensure another 175 years of quality, support, care, and instruction for our kids. So thank you so much for all that you've done and for being here tonight.
1: Thank you very much. And we're going to proceed with our program. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of the history of this incredible school. And you know, a lot of times people say, if if these walls could only talk... (laughs) Think about the thousands and thousands of students who have walked through these halls, the hundreds and hundreds of teachers and staff. A lot of you all would be in a lot of trouble. There's no doubt about it. But enough of that. In the fall of 1840, a blind man from Maine, Otis Patton boarded a steamboat in Pennsylvania and began a long trip downriver to Louisville where his older brother Bryce ran a boys school and as he wrote later on the 12th of October 1840 I landed in Louisville inexperienced and a stranger but with a strong purpose in my breast to establish an institution for the blind. Otis Patton had just graduated from one of the most progressive educational institutions in the country, the New England Institution for the Education of the Blind, later renamed the Perkins School. And it was an idea that seemed to go against every sort of common sense. How could you teach a child who could not see to read? They started out by inviting a few local children to attend classes in their rented upstairs rooms. And after several demonstrations of their success before the Kentucky legislature, they were chartered on May 9, 1842 as the Kentucky Institution for the Education of the Blind, and they had five students. It would be only the sixth school for blind students formed anywhere in the United States. Sarah Smith, age 13, Araminta Hodge, age 13, Elressa Ruth, age 22, Sarah Lund, age 16, and John Metcalf, age 10, all from Louisville or Jefferson County were going to help those brothers break down barriers that one year before had seemed insurmountable. The school started out in a rented house over on 6th Street, and they hired a third teacher, another graduate from Perkins named Joseph Smith, to teach music. With a few books that were embossed in raised letters, and Innovation itself, as the first raised letter books in the United States, had been embossed in Philadelphia only a few years earlier. With those books, they began their work. They taught reading, handwriting, arithmetic, geography, and music. By 1844, the state had built the school, a new building on Broadway, but when that building burned down during a drought in 1851, destroying almost all of the equipment that the brothers had struggled to accumulate, the school was once again homeless. They could have given up at that moment. But they came up with a bold vision. A classically inspired five-story main building from whose roof you could look out all over Louisville, located on the far eastern edge of the city, amongst fields and farms on the Louisville and Frankfurt turnpike. Funds were always tight. And although the students and staff moved into the building in October of 1855, it would literally be decades before all five floors and their rooms would be finished. The school and its high cupola became a landmark and a point of pride for the entire state. Artists sketched the city from its roof. Luminaries like the Swedish Nightingale, Jenny Lynn and US President Rutherford Hayes visited its halls to experience what Bryce Patton called, quote, a harmonious cultivation of the physical and mental powers that will educate the entire being and secure to each pupil a sound mind in a sound body. A sound mind in a sound body. The school has undergone tremendous changes since those early days. The Department for African-American students was created in 1884 and in the months after the Supreme Court struck down segregated public schools in 1954 KSB became only the second blind school in the United States to quietly Peacefully and uneventfully desegregate. Now, that main building was raised in 1967, replaced by a series of modern buildings, and raised letter books have been replaced by Braille. And the school's Material Resource Center, which held only 50 titles in 1850, supplies accessible books and educational aids to children across the Commonwealth. Bryce Patton was replaced by B.B. Huntoon in 1871, and Huntoon became a national leader in the blindness field. He hired a new gym teacher, John Gregory, who started track, football, and baseball teams that held their own against local teams of sighted students. KSB won a state wrestling championship in 1966. The two lamps that you passed through as you entered this cafeteria were erected in the honor of Miss Susan Merwin, only the second woman to head a school for the blind in the United States. And that year she took over, 1912, KSB organized the first troop of blind Boy Scouts in the country. Each succeeding generation has added something to the story. Clifford Martin became the first superintendent who was blind himself when he replaced Merwin in 1923. Catherine Moriarty became superintendent in 1931 and reorganized the curriculum to match seeing schools, allowing KSP to issue high school diplomas for the first time. She was replaced in 1946 by Paul Langan. Uh, Langen taught long cane techniques that he had helped develop for blinded veterans to students at schools for the blind for the first time. And he also transitioned his students during their junior and senior years to local public schools, accelerating their transition to a sighted world and foreseeing a time when most blind students would attend their local schools. Will Evans, a KSB graduate, returned to his alma mater in 1967 and oversaw an ambitious building program that transformed this campus. And Ralph Bartley followed through by laying the groundwork for the expansion of outreach services that are now available in every region of the state. Over its 175 years of history, KSB has become everything its organizers could have hoped for, and more. Because as Superintendent B.B. Huntoon noted long ago, an education is the birthright of every American child. Now we come to the last, the finale. Uh, your servers have brought you around a toast cup. And um, we have our lovely uh, 175th anniversary logo cake. And I know uh, a lot of people, some of you may need to leave. So what we're going to do is we're going to allow BT Kimbrough, who's standing in the middle there, uh, KSB alumni, to offer us our, our finale toast. And if you would like to ha- have a piece of cake, uh, we'll have a server and you can come up and get a piece of
2: cake. Okay, go ahead, BT. A lot of people may not know this, but the Kentuckys go over the line Illinois- as a school song,
3: and the the last part of the verse of the school song would serve as a wonderful toast. As she stands upon the hilltop, emblem of the free, stands our noble school of learning, stands the KSB. Long may she stand with the light of education and Braille and all the things you have heard tonight that she has always stood for. Uh, And let's drink to it now.
4: (laughs) Cheers.
1: thank you bt that was wonderful i want to thank everybody on behalf of all of our uh, staff and participants thank you for coming tonight if you'd like a piece of cake all you need to do is come up and Miss meg stone will serve you a piece of cake thank you all very much
0: page four
1: Next, uh, we want to bring up uh, Paula Penrod, who's the program coordinator of the Kentucky Instructional Materials Resource Center, who's going to announce the winners of our 175 statewide essay contest. Paula.
4: this celebration, we wanted to get students across the state involved in, in every aspect of our 175th anniversary. One of the things that we did here on campus was we had a trivia Wednesday question where we gave winners $5 for the correct answer and we covered the entire 175 year span. The second thing, and what we're here tonight, is to honor our essay contest winners. We had... Uh, Three categories, one was elementary, middle high school, and adult. We had some tremendous essays. Uh, When we were judging them, there wasn't a dry tear among the judges, and I think that says a lot for our students that entered. We're going to start off by announcing the um, elementary winner. The third place winner and the author is here tonight, Naomi Williams from Heartland Elementary School. And she also receives $75. The second place in the elementary category is Nick Runyon, a KSV student. And Nick, in addition to his award, receives a hundred dollars. And the first place essay in elementary, I think KSB is the best school in the world. One reason that I think that is everyone is very friendly. I made friends very quickly. I feel comfortable at the school with everyone because the teachers are very warm-hearted, caring, and loving. When I first came to KSB, I did not know anything about the school or how it was set up. The teachers and students helped me figure out the campus and how it was set up. When I figured out the campus, I felt familiar and confident that I knew my way around the campus. What is special about KSB is that we are not just good close friends, but we are one big family and that is what matters the most to me. That is why I think KSB is the best school in the world. And the first place winner is Macy Spiegelmeyer, a student at KSB. as a first place winner receives $200. The middle school, high school category had the harder um, essay topic. They had to write about Uh, someone who a KSB building or room is named after or uh, someone who is a Langen Award winner. So we had a lot of variety and uh, they all told me they had the hard one but after all they're middle high school students they should. The winner is Abigail Cassidy from South Shore, Kentucky, and I believe that's in Greenup County. (laughs) The second place uh, winner is Joshua Reister from Lewis County High School. And Josh receives a hundred dollars. Our first place winner um, wrote about Susan Buckingham Merwin. Susan Buckingham Merwin was born November 21, 1874. Merwin became a teacher at the institution for the education of the blind in 1895. In 1912 she became the third superintendent. She was in charge of the school and the American Printing House for the Blind. She was well liked and respected. She wasn't selfish. On her death, May 6, 1923, with a salary of $100 a month, she created a memorial fund of approximately $11,500 to be left with KSB and APH. As part of Merwin's will, she said her library would go to the school. KSB transferred books to APH Museum in 1997 and 2003, where they remain today. There is a room in Hauser Hall named for her. The students accorded Merwin's honor by buying two bronze lamps to be placed at the front entrance to the school building. They were later reinstalled on the side porch of Hartford Hall. The winner is Jacob Hat, a high school student at the Kentucky School for the Blind. And now we um, have the adult um, essay winners. The third place winner is Deanna Scoggins. The Second place, and I'm sad to report that she is not here, Crystal Johnson is our paraprofessional that worked in our gym program. We will make sure Crystal gets her $100. And now, for your first place essay in the adult competition. I started at KSB at the summer work program with my sister. I was a freshman and she was a junior. Before that, we had little knowledge of what assistive technology was, what O&M was, how to read braille, and just how to be a successful blind student. This was our first real jobs because before that we were told we did not need to get a job because the government would pay us to be blind. Our eyes were open that summer, not just to work, but also to everything KSB had to offer. It wasn't just the programs, but the staff, more than anything, cared about who we were, what our needs were, and and where we wanted to go in life. Before KSB, I was not a good student. I was not a good person. And I was a very poor representative of what it meant to be blind. At KSB, some of the things I was taught was to dress for success, how to cook, how to ride a bus, to speak up for myself, to work with others, how to use technology, but the most important thing KSB gave me was to be better. To be a better person to be a better worker, to be more driven, and to want more for myself out of life than to live on a check from the government. Without KSB, I would not be a college graduate. I would not be employed. I would not be a homeowner. I would not be a coach. I would not be much of anything, and I probably would not be alive today. KSB means everything to me, and I hope I can give what KSB gave to me to my students. First place winner is Bo Mullins, a teacher at KSB. Page 5.
0: The Sam Prince Calendar. On May 16th, From 6 to 7.30 p.m., the Tri-State Library users will hold its dinner meeting at Clifton Pizza on Frankfort Avenue in Louisville. For more information and to let us know you'll be attending, call Bill Wright, TOU President, at 502-893-0879. May 17, Library Without Walls, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This is a conference call sponsored by the Library Users of America, What adult book would you like to give as a gift? What children's book would you like to give as a gift? What book have you received as a gift that has been important to you and why? Those are the three questions that LUA will be exploring on this conference call. The time is 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The telephone number is 712-432-1500. And the code is luacall 582 On May 20, there will be a Clifton walking tour, rescheduled from April, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., sponsored by the APH Museum. Join the museum for a walking tour of the Clifton neighborhood, starting at the historic 1883 building on the grounds of the American Printing House for the Blind. We'll learn about the evolution of the area from a sparsely populated rural community in 1830 to a densely settled urban Louisville neighborhood. Free, but best for older children and adults. Call the museum at 502-899-2213 to sign up. Note, please remember that there will be no roundabout on May 19. May 21 is the next meeting of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association Board of Directors. 8 p.m. by conference call at 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On May 22, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will hold its membership call at 7 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. This is a great chance for you to participate in planning of future guide dog user activities and to address issues related to guide dogs. On May 24, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council office in Lexington, 1093 South Broadway. For more information, and to sign up, call 859-259-1834. Also on May 24, the 8th grade graduation and middle school high school award ceremony for the Kentucky School for the Blind will take place from noon to 2 p.m. in the Ritchie Auditorium on the campus of the school, 1867 Frankfort Avenue. And then that evening, the KSB high school graduation will We'll also be in the Ritchie Auditorium from 6.30 to 8.00 p.m. For more information, call the school at 502-897-1583. On May 26, GLCB will hold a roundabout, education and technology activities from 3.30 to 5.00 p.m., discussion from 5 to 6, dinner, $5 per person at 6.00 p.m., music, games, and crafts from 7 until 10.00. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On May 27, you're invited to join KCB Next Generation for a lunch cruise on the Belle of Louisville. Board the boat at 1130 a.m. and set sail at noon. Tickets are $35 per person and must be purchased through the Kentucky Council of the Blind by May 10. Text Amanda Salm at 502-750-1174 for more information or call KCB at 502-895-4598 to purchase tickets by phone with your credit card. Looking ahead to June. On June 9, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana invite you to participate in their Guide Dog and Service Dog Eye Screening Clinic held in conjunction with the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout that day. The doggy screening will take place from 3.30 to 4.45 p.m., and your dog must have been registered with the ACVO through their website by the end of April in order to receive the eye screening. There will be education and tech tips as well as discussion until 6 p.m., dinner from 6 to 7, and bingo cards and crafts until 10. On June 10, there's a Kids Day at the APH Museum with games and activities to help kids learn about blindness. This is a free program from the museum, and you will need to call 502-899-2213 to sign up. Also on June 10, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation will hold its all-council picnic, This will be a great afternoon of food and fun beginning at 2 p.m. at the Brown Park in Louisville. More information will be coming soon. June 30 to July 7 is the ACB Sparks Success 56th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind in Reno, Sparks, Nevada. Join ACB for this tremendous week of programs, workshops, technology, tours, and, of course, food, fun, and lots and lots of friends from all over the country. Get the latest information by subscribing to the ACB Convention email list. Send a blank message to acbconvention-subscribe at acb.org. August 4 and 5 is the KSB Alumni Association Conference and Reunion at the Ramada Inn North in Louisville. Save the dates for a great weekend of summertime fun. More details coming soon. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598